so here I am. Here you are. It's the Macaw Podcast Universe. We've already started, Jordan. Did you even know oh. that? Wow. No, I didn't hear the music. Yeah, well, a little peek behind the curtain, people. I put in the music after we're done recording. Mm-hmm. But here we are. Most excellent. Most excellent. Wow. Um, what's that from? I don't know. It just sounds cool when I say it. It does sound cool. It does sound very cool. Um, here we are. It's the Macaw Podcast Universe. It's a podcast that exists to prove people wrong when they say... Sequels are never better than the originals. And here's what happened. Earlier this year, we covered the character of Batman, basically. We went through the Burton movies, the Zack Snyder movies, Really diving into the character. We did. And then I was thinking about it as we were trying... There there were a few series that have been floating around for a while, of course. That's going to... That'll always be the case. But there is this actor who is a particular flavor. Um, I don't know what spice you'd compare him to, but it's the kind of oh, thing where... Oh, he's a where... spice entirely of his own. He is his own spice. He <laughs> is a spice. But he's the sort of thing where, like, hey, if you put him on a salad, it might make the salad taste really bad. But if you put him on a burger or something like that, it might be the best burger you've ever had. Yeah. He's that kind of an actor. He's particular. I don't think he quite gets enough credit for his acting in in particular. I would say he gets trashed on a lot. Although in recent years I think Yeah. Uh, oh, the person we're talking about is Keanu Reeves. But I, I we think never going to I thought we were going to just keep <laughs> that a secret the whole time. We were. <laughs> um but I I think with John Wick, I think everyone's kind of looking back on his career. I think so, yeah. And they're kind of like Me included. Yeah, me included too. So he has three franchises that are uber, uber successful, and they all have trilogies. So we thought, like Batman, let's take an actor who is ultra famous and in a lot of ways has redefined portions of cinema more than once. I just do a straight up intro from this book on him yes please okay so this is the uh the new biographical dictionary of film by david thompson which we have referenced a couple of times he writes this keanu reeves has come through all the routine questions that seem to face a young on the margins american movie actor questions like what does that hairstyle mean what sort of name is that where are you really from and are you for real by the time he was 30, Reeves had made around 20 films. Some were forgettable, a few were very big hits, a few seemed beyond him. Yet Reeves kept coming, the energy undaunted, his watchful face unclouded. As yet, maybe, he shows not too much of what it is like to be in your 30s. Being 30 now for actors is akin to the difficulty of being 40 for actresses. But Reeves has been good at often enough to have earned respect. Wow. So he likes him. Yeah. Because if you'll notice on our previous episodes where we've talked about this, sometimes this this author like really doesn't like an actor and will kind of rail into them. Um, but yeah, so here is what's going to happen. Over the rest of this year of 2021, and I think even leaking into January of next year, we will be going all Keanu. All the time. All the time, except for our Eternals episode, our Spider-Man episode, and our Scream episode of the, the new movies that are coming out in theaters. And so what we're doing right now is we're kicking it off 
with his first real hit of his career. I mean, he, I, I, you know, I don't know a whole lot pre Bill and Ted, but it seems like, it seems like the next movie, Bogus Journey, is like okay, Keanu has officially arrived in his first form. Hmm. So obviously, this plays into that because this is the first mm-hmm. of that movie, and then we'll be going into the Matrix, and we lined it up perfectly so that when we finish three. We will be able to watch the fourth movie and cover that as it comes out. Without skipping a beat. Without skipping a beat. And then we will be covering John Wick. Yes. Because the the fascinating thing that I want to make sure we're keying into as we're covering these is these are like three bookmarks in his career that are distinct uh, specific like elements of his career. Yeah. And not a lot of actors have that. Yeah. Because we have this doofy like young kid phase turned into action hero redefine cinema as a whole and then like the perfect version of like Liam Neeson taken after that I mean this guy has kind of done it all I know and he's kind of miraculous and so let's talk about Keanu yeah so so I can go into so this movie came out in 89 yeah so prior to that, he was in movies like Flying, Young Blood, The Night Before, The Prince of Pennsylvania, Dangerous Liaisons, 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 or Liaisons. Um, liaisons. <laughs> it's, it's hard, especially when you're looking at the word. Yeah. Um, and then and then Bill and Ted. Yeah. So I mean, this those mo- other movies I've never seen. Uh, neither have I. This is his first, like... This is his breakout. This is his breakout, yeah. Um, And so, yeah, should I talk about how it was made now? Yeah. Or do you want to hit any more actors first? Oh, yeah, sure. I guess just since we're here. Yeah, I mean, why don't you tell us about um, uh, Bill? Oh, I'm like, Bill? (laughs) Um, Alex Winter, who plays Bill as Preston Esquire. Um, He is also in Zappa... The Panama Papers, Trust Machine. Gotta say, this is the first and only thing I've ever seen him in. Mm-hmm. Keanu definitely took off uh, and is in way more well-known things. Yeah. Although Alex Winter has been in consistently working. Sure. Ever since as well. Well, he, I mean, Alex has probably had the career Keanu would have if he didn't star in Point Break and The Matrix. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's, he's in a lot of shows as well, um, including, like, he's even in, like, Ben 10, which is, you know, like, oh, a yeah. kid's thing. Yeah. So, very, very active. And then George Carlin plays Rufus, um, who is also in Dogma. He's also a comedian. Um, he's in Jersey Girl, which, I don't know, I might have seen a tiny bit of this movie, but it's Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler. And it's okay. about a widower, Ben Affleck, who has to, like, rebuild his life with his daughter. Directed by Kevin Smith. Okay, I was going to ask if it was the Kevin Smith movie. Yes. That sounds bizarre. It does. And according to Patrick Willem's breakdown on Kevin Smith, it's not very good. Yeah. But it, it was interesting, I think, was his take. Was It was an interesting entry into Kevin Smith's career, but not necessarily a good entry. Just, yeah. Very interesting. Um, he's also narrated a lot of, uh, the Thomas, the, the train. 
Thomas. Oh, the the like choo choo. The friendly blue train yeah. Thomas. I yeah. He's he's it's just he's just built as narrator. Very cool. So so much of it though, like probably everything Thomas that's ever come out, George Carlin has narrated it. Oh, I was still thinking we were talking about Alex Thomas Winters. the Blue Engine. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. the official name? Thomas. Uh, oh man, Sean Muir's yelling I know, at his I know. podcast right now. Thomas the Choo Choo? Isn't it just Thomas the Choo Choo? The Choo Choo? <laughs> I don't think so. I gotta say though, that stuff always freaked me out. The faces, yeah, are yeah, too weird. There's something. It, it gets into uncanny valley territory. Yeah. And then he's in the Cars franchise. He's in a scary movie. Uh, yeah. But so much Thomas the Train. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas the Big Blue Train. No. I was thinking the Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, should I go over the people who are taken from history? Um, This is just interesting. The guy that plays Billy the Kid is in Tron, the 1982 movie. Very cool. Um, And, 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 and the guy who plays Socrates is in Scrooged. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fine. Great. The guy who plays Napoleon's in The Truman Show. Very cool. Okay. So, um, well, well, I, I just, anytime we start a new series, it's like when I'm most excited, um, setting everything up and talking about how it all got started. But um, my first question is, what is your experience with Bill and Ted? Oh, yeah. So this is my first time ever seeing it. And this was, for me, my whole life, not understanding what this was and maybe seeing, like, a couple snapshots on TV and being like, oh, Keanu looks so dumb in this. Like, he sucks. And then I always thought that Polly Shore was the other guy. I don't know why. No, maybe, they did maybe, consider him for this movie. But maybe that's just a blind... Like, there's another movie that has Polly Shore that is kind of like this. Although, how weird would it be if you, as a kid, like heard that they considered Polly Shore no, and you remembered that information? Um, and then, and then I always got this confused with Days and Confused because I did not know the probably the most critical information about Bill and Ted is that they travel through time, <laughs> and I didn't know that. Did you not know that until we watched? I did it? not know that till we watched this movie. Are you serious? I thought it was just a couple of potheads. Oh my god! Getting gosh. into hijinks. Yeah. That is so funny. So when this started and with the time travel stuff, I'm like, oh, this is unlike anything I thought. I mean, it, the silliness was still there. That makes but, sense why you were pretty apprehensive to watch this. You were kind of like, so like the whole time when I basically. Yeah, I it be like a bunch of potheads, not a bunch. Like, like they're just, they're like, and by that, I mean, in, in movie stereotypes as losers in school. Yeah, yeah. You know, when they just like skip class all the time. They just care about girls, like just kind of boring american pie kind of you didn't, stuff you did not think it was gonna be a time traveling story that's kind of talking about the beauty of knowing nothing and how that is yeah. like true wisdom <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i didn't know that that is so funny so oh my gosh and by the way i loved it this was so great and i said this to micah after we watched it that it's so great watching a movie that has so much weight behind it uh-huh. and to watch it and to get it yeah because there are so many times when you watch something that you were told is a classic and you watch it and you're like i didn't like it why was that a classic and it's like yeah i guess i just have to accept that i just missed it and i don't get it well yeah there's so many movies that 
like you have to kind of do a little research to figure out why they're so important. Yeah. Like uh, the one I one I think about right off the bat, it's a great movie, and I liked it when we watched it. But it is so understated when you watch Bonnie and Clyde today. Yeah. You don't understand how how much of a game changer that yeah. movie like changed the entire industry of filmmaking. Right. And so when you watch it, you're like, oh, this is pretty good. Yeah. And another you're like, I one, like this kind of. Another really easy one that comes to my mind is Star Wars. Oh, come I'm on. Kidding. Get out of here. I'm kidding. But, um, yeah, so sometimes you have to do work to yeah. kind of understand this, why it's important. No work required. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Which is kind of the heart of the movie anyway. Yeah. Um, what's a funny thing is, too, you mentioning the pothead stuff. I remember listening oh, probably like last year sometime to an episode of some show that Griffin Newman was on, like guesting, and uh-huh. they talked about this movie. And I remember them discussing for a while how like there's this whole kind of stoner. Yeah. Like, like people remember this movie as being like a stoner movie. They, they don't do any drugs. But they never do they drugs. Don't, they don't drink alcohol. Well, technically they have beer. Oh, they do. They but, do have beer. But also, beer. like, they're, they're not even drinking the beer. They yeah, just, there's like, basically like, order it and love that they can just get beer in it, the Wild West. Yeah, and I haven't seen the next one, but I, I think that's just, like, like it's in the, the catalog of, like, okay, this is a stoner movie, but it actually doesn't really have any, like, drugs in it. No, not at all. They don't even talk about it. They don't. It, it's I don't very think they funny. talk about it. Yeah. I'm so, glad it was. I mean, yeah. I mean, not to say that movies like that can't be good or anything. Well, Dazed and Confused yeah. is a masterpiece. Yeah, and I always thought Dazed and Confused was uh, goofy. Yeah. And then I see it, and of course it's got goofy stuff in it, but it is like it's a Richard Linklater movie. It's gonna make you feel. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad it was. My pre- preconceived notions were wrong. Yeah. Well, my first experience so a long, long time ago. You'll remember this. I used to watch movie fights on youtube yeah which was like a screen junkie movie channel and they just ask a question people would fight over answers and someone the question was like what's a series where the second movie is better yeah which is our thesis for our podcast and someone argued about bill and ted's bogus journey which is the next one okay and so when i heard that the and the their argument for the movie i thought that sounds pretty wild and out there i gotta watch it and so i watched the first movie yeah remember i watched it on my phone oh brother you know great format um back when i lived at my parents house i watched the movie and no your parents had a tv yeah but i think i was just like oh i'm gonna go to bed and like kind of watch this movie as i'm getting ready for bed and stuff like Mm -hmm. that so um i watched it and i i remember like enjoying it not not like falling in love with it or anything like that um and then the second movie was just not on the same it was like like i think i watched on hulu and the second movie wasn't on so i never got around to watching the second movie oh so you still have never seen it so i've only seen this movie oh okay so you still don't know if that's true or not i don't if you agree with that yeah but um watch this movie again the other day and i liked it way more as as i'm older watching it on a phone and you were laughing with another person yeah and and I I have a lot less of my like is this movie a uh, number one movie ever or is it just an okay movie you yeah. know I've kind of like killed that what part of the me other? so uh, it's great I love this movie yeah it's so funny and there were a f- there was I can't remember the exact moment but there was a moment where you remember I was just like legitimately laughing for a little while mm-hmm. 
you know, there's a lot of Snickers and stuff throughout, but there mm. was there was a moment in particular that I just kind of like lost it. It's so good. I, I don't remember the part off the top oh, of my okay. head. I just remember like it made me do that. Yeah. Um. So I I like this movie a lot. My I love my this big movie. part that was the part that made me laugh really hard. I mean, there were several, but one that really comes up uh, off the top is when they're giving their presentation and Sigmund Freud is analyzing <laughs> Keanu Reeves. And he's yeah. like, you, your dad projects himself onto you. And that's why you, you perceive yourself as a failure when really you're your father's failure. And Keanu's just like, whoa dude <laughs> yeah. and then and then, and, he, and then and then yeah bill's like he's like Sigmund says to, to bill you next and he's like no i know i got a minor oedipal complex <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so so let's talk about who made this movie though so the movie is directed by stephen herrick and his first movie is critters okay um and then he made this movie but he's also made the mighty ducks yeah mr holland's opus What's uh, that? That is a movie starring Richard Dreyfus, which oh, okay. I have not seen, but the Phelps are always like, Micah, you haven't seen oh. Mr. Holland's opus? Um, it's like about a, a conductor or a composer. Yeah, it sounds boring. Looks good. I'm just kidding. Um, and then he also directed the 101 Dalmatian starring Glenn Close. Oh, I love that movie. I yeah. mean, I don't know if it holds up, but I loved that it movie as a kid. It probably does. Um, That's so, why Glenn Close will always and forever be Corella DeVille to me. Like, anytime I oh, see her. Yeah. That's who I, that's what I see. Yeah, me too. Um, so these two friends, Chris. Wait, wait, wait. So he is really good at <laughs> camp. Yeah. You just said so many just like good family time movies. Yeah. That are pretty cheesy. And this falls right in line with that. Absolutely. He, good director. He's great. He's kind of now more in the like, uh, I mean, maybe it's not unfortunate to him. Unfortunate to me, like kind of network. Uh, television episodes oh. like Hawaii Five O yeah. and stuff like that, which is a bummer. I mean, but you could argue, isn't that where camp has really left? <laughs> okay, these days. Uh, Rest sh- my case. Nah, I'm not going to add the applause to that one. <laughs> okay, um, or you could do. <gasps> <laughs> so Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, Solomon are the two writers of this movie, and they were buddies. And in 1987 they started writing a script based on the stand-up routine that they had. Okay, yeah. So there's like two comedians. Yeah. They do the stand-up routine. You know, I don't know for how long, but then they're like, hey, we should turn that into a script. Yeah. So they write the movie. So I'm assuming they're Bill and Ted. Yeah. I actually didn't even think of that. Um, but we'll we'll come back to that. So just put a little asterisk there. So Chris Matheson um, and Ed Solom- Solomon... I keep thinking Ed Sullivan. Yeah, I know. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and Ed Solomon, uh, they have written all three of the Bill and Ted movies. Very cool. So we can look forward to them. Yeah, that's great. Being a part of all of it. A little bit of consistency. Absolutely. Um, and Chris Matheson has done a bunch of other stuff I've never heard of. But Ed Solomon has also done The First Men in Black, uh, The First Charlie's Angels, and he's been writing all of the Now You See Me movies. Talk about cheese. That guy loves it. We love he cheese. can't stop eating it. No. Um, he is not. Uh, Have you seen the Now You See Me? No. Okay. He is not. Uh, what is that called when you're allergic to dairy? He He's is not, not lactose, lactose intolerant. intolerant. Most excellent. Uh, the cinematography is by Timothy Sersted, who did Idiocracy, Mystic Pizza, 
and a huge we've seen a lot of this guy's work because he's done 44 episodes of silicon valley shoot yeah, yeah. we have guy knows how to shoot a comedy he does uh the music is by david newman who did the nutty professor anastasia how to lose a guy in 10 days the new tarzan movie and we're talking about him on patreon this month because he did the two scooby-doo live action wait movies. this is a composer yes okay david newman so um go to patreon.com slash micah mccaw it's all cheese all the time this month yes it is that's november the month of cheese and turkey yep Movie comes out February 17th, 1989. It has a $10 million budget. It makes $40 million. Nice. Uh, domestically, 25000 outside of the U.S. Okay. So they, they basically only release it in the U.S. Yeah. Um, so That's a lot of money still. Hey, that's wonderful. They quadrupled their budget. They got to buy so budget. much more cheese. <laughs> okay, calm down, buddy. Um, so the two writers... Get the script to the director. I think they were shopping it around for a little while, and the director reads it, and he loves it. Mm -hmm. But he says right away, he goes, okay, if we're going to do this, we just need to know that this is going to be either a hit or a complete flop that no one is going to get. Yeah. So he knows what he's in for. Yeah. Um, the spec script for this was quite a bit different. Okay. So... Um, they were going to be, like, the time machine was going to be a van. Okay. Which they later changed because of Back to the Future. Yeah. yeah Didn't yeah, want yeah. similarities. And while they're driving the van, they end up in Nazi Germany. And after some hijinks, they bring Adolf Hitler back to San Dimas. And then they hmm. continue to collect other historical figures. And then Solomon Someone affirmed. Someone else probably read it and was like, the Hitler thing, not so funny. Yeah. Well, Solomon affirmed this clearly became problematic, and Hitler was switched out with Napoleon in their uh -huh. final script. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the writers didn't know anything about Doctor Who, so they were so not that aware was like of in Doctor your Who. Research it was clearly stated. Yes. So this is what I think. Yes. Uh, one. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. This is what I think is just during during this time in history, Doctor Who wasn't popular in the U.S. No, it so, wasn't. But I don't think it was. To remember, to, well, it's like, so, yeah. I'm just thinking, there are other instances of phone booths being used for stuff. Like, they use it in Harry Potter. Well, I mean, Superman changes in a phone booth. Yeah. I wonder if... So, it's not like it's not like a ripoff. Yeah. And I, I don't think anyone's saying it is. No. I think it's just interesting. But they, they've just noted that, like, they didn't know what Doctor Who was. So, yeah. it wasn't an homage or anything like that. Yeah. Um... They did call it a TARDIS, though. Is that what it's called? Yeah. No, and they didn't call How it. How do you know so much about Doctor Who? Um, I don't know. It was remember it really blew up a couple years ago when they put it on Netflix. Yeah, I never wa I watched one episode that Sydney told me to watch. Huh. And it had Karen Gillian, Killen, Karen Gillan in it. Gillian, yeah. Gillian, or from yeah, Guardians? Nebula. It had Nebula. Yeah. I'm I'm blanking on her That's, name. Uh, but let's just say. That is my extent of Doctor Who. Okay. <laughs> um, so Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves were waiting for their audition. Uh, and they just started talking before the audition. Oh, and they became friends immediately. Yeah, they did. <laughs> um, so did they I have you probably don't know. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Did they did they audition for the same role? Or did they just audition and I then don't they know. were like callbacks for these specific characters? I don't know. Time. um so they obviously had chemistry yeah 
Um, and they've, from what I can tell, from like, you know, in the in the lead up to um, Bill and Ted Face the Music coming out last year, I would see tweets from Alex Winter and stuff like that. And um, it seems like the guys have just been buds all this time. That's great. I get we that love impression. To hear that. Oh yeah. Um, now let's talk about the people on the throne uh, when they visit the future. Yeah. Because this is kind of fun. Uh, it is Clarence Clemens, who is uh, one of the members of the E Street Band. Okay. Uh, John Waldo Fee Whale, Whale, and he's in the band The Tubes, and he's worked with Toto and a bunch of other bands. Wow. And then we have Martha Davis, who is in this band called The Motels. That's cool. We got a bunch of musicians yeah. to do that. Um, they brought in the production designer from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I actually, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Roy Forge Smith is his name. And then originally they were going to just have it end with them doing the report in the classroom. And then they were going to go to prom with the British girls. But then they just thought, that's not like, we should just go crazy at the end. Yeah, you just got to go nuts. <laughs> Apparently this whole school is, like, that's hours and hours of presentations. Right. <laughs> um, and so finally... The original cut of this movie was two hours and 25 minutes. Oh, my goodness. And it sounds like it was just longer. There was just a lot more scenes in it. Not mm. not like a... Not plot stuff, necessarily. Well, some of it did sound like that, but I mean, um, like, like sometimes when cuts are longer, it seems like, oh, they just kept cutting scenes down and stuff like this. Yeah. Like scenes that oh, are in the movie. This yeah. seems like they have whole scenes that are just not in the movie. Yeah. And... um. According to Alex Winters, like, a lot, if not all, of that footage is, like, lost. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Because that'd be a fun special edition. It would be. Um, so, I thought this was crazy. This is a bit long, Jordan. So, yeah. gear up. We have Tom Holland of The Observer, a film critic. Not Peter Parker. Not Peter Parker. Okay. And he had this to say about Bill and Ted. To, to let's put Sorry, ourselves. Is this the in 1989? This review? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it's important. Um, let me see. I think you'll know once you start reading it. No, I won't. Oh. I had to. I had to look it up here. But now it's too late. You can't change this. It's just, and, and I think it. Whatever review it is, it, it. I think it's important to know if it came out in 1989 or if it's a, a reflection on it yeah because this is like a cultural timestamp. this movie i mean on i'm seeing it from 2010 okay but i i don't know it could be like a reprint i i have no idea okay and i i don't think that affects what i'm gonna say <laughs> it's just, someone out there is like i understand what she's saying no i understand what you're saying it's just Funny, I, like you always have all these questions, and they're never things you you always ask the questions that I don't have the I'm answers sorry, to. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I'm never upset that you can't answer them, though, right? I know. Four that. years of marriage, <laughs> and I need to reiterate that. <laughs> I know, I know. And I'm not actually mad. I'm just like, ah, yeah. You're like the old guy in Dennis the Menace. Dennis, sure. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, another reference I'm not tracking with. Yeah. So, Tom Holland of The Observer writes this. 
Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure does not tend to be rated as one of cinema's profounder treatments of the relationship between present and past. The story of two Californian slackers with a time machine who, for complicated reasons, have to assemble assorted celebrities from history in order to pass a high school project, it is chiefly remembered for bringing Keanu Reeves to the attention of a mass audience. Classicists, however, will always cherish it as the only film ever to combine the music of Van Halen with Greek philosophy. When Bill and Ted embark on their quest, what should be their first destination, if not classical Athens, and who should be the very first, quote, historical dude bundled into their time machine, if not a bald-headed man in a sheet who they persist in calling Socrates. Even to metalheads, then, the philosophy of ancient Greece serves as something that is both primal and emblematic of civilization as a whole. Socrates, in particular, the lover of wisdom, who insisted that the most fundamental presumptions of his countrymen should be subjected to experimental investigation, and who ended up being made to drink hemlock for his pains, has always been admired as the very fountainhead of rationalism. Yet, when it comes to identifying what he taught and believed, there's a problem on which Bill and Ted's excellent adventure rather unexpectedly puts its finger. <laughs> Socrates, transplanted to 1980s California, can only communicate with his abductors by gesturing and gurning. Since Bill and Ted, it goes without sp- saying, speak not a word of ancient Greek, even the miracle of time travel, it appears, cannot serve to alter what is, for any historian, a most awkward fact, that it is impossible to be certain of what Socrates actually said. What? <laughs> so he's so he's saying that even still, would we never like he Socrates doesn't know what he's talking about? Yeah, or we can never understand it, like, and the like, movie just further explains that. Yes, that's what he's saying. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I I I mean, on a second viewing of this movie, I thought like this this movie, it's so 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 silly, but this is a very philosophical movie. Yeah. And and um. To not rank it up in like high comedies, I think is strange. Yeah, because I, I think this has a lot to say, and and it's um, it's also hilarious. And they straight up do time travel things that I have never seen in a movie <laughs> no, that are like awesome. When they're just like, I think maybe later on we can get my dad's keys and put them here so that right now we can have the keys, and I, then the keys are just there. I know. That is amazing. <laughs> Well, so, okay, can we sidebar for a second here on time travel? This week, I was talking to you about how I'm kind of ready for people to explore different uh, uh, theories of time travel in yeah. movies. Yeah, Because, like, it feels like every movie right now, they, they do this version of time travel where, like, everything in history is accounted for time travel. Meaning, like, I'm in a room and a door is open but I had just shut it. And it's like, huh? How did the door get open? And then yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. time travel, and then you see that me in the past links up with the future and opens the door. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, that's why the door was open. So history is already accounted for it. And while I love that, it is great. And I do think Tenet was like a fresh perspective on that idea. I do think it's a little tired. Well, I think it, it can be... For because a, a lot of times when you do that, you have to go back and explain it all, and that is that can just become so arduous. 
Yeah. Like I, one of the best examples of that for me is um, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Because that's exactly what happens is rocks get thrown. Don't know who's throwing the rocks. Later on, you find out it was Ron, it was Hermione and Harry who was throwing the rocks at Harry and Hermione. Yeah. And you, you, you got through so much of this, of kind of the climax of the story and you get to this point and you have to go through it again. I know. And while that, I love that movie. It's it's so good, and the book's really good too, and everything. It if that is becoming the hardest one for me to watch. Yeah, because you always get to that point, it. and you're like, oh, there's still a half hour. Yeah, it, it's just like you you know because you've just sat through it. Yeah, that how much you have, how much more you have to go, and that's not bad. No, and like I said, great book, great movie, love it. Yeah, see our episode on that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I I just think like we've kind of explored that maybe as much as we can at least yeah. for a little while. So I'd like some people to take some different approaches to time travel. So it oddly enough, watching this movie that is almost thirty or over thirty years old, it it was nice to see them do things like oh let's just remember something happening and it just pops up. Yeah. Uh, oh, we just had to make sure we do that in the future, not the past. That's also funny. But it, it, it's like they explain it in a way that's like, I don't, like yeah, that works or, for me. Or no, they have to go to the past, but still, but yeah. But it works for me because they're like, this is like who I am right now, and that's who I'm going to be tomorrow. Yeah, so yeah. So I would do that thing just by thinking about it right now. And it's like they're changing, like, you could almost think like they're changing the future, but the future hasn't happened yet. Yeah. But they're also changing the past by not doing anything, but they are. It's just brilliant. <laughs> it's really great. and And it's just fun that like, they get all these historical figures, and there's not this sequence where like it screws up the timeline mm-hmm. of the world. They just had to put them back. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's I it. I love that. I know. I as this movie was going along, I was curious if they were going to get really in the weeds about consequences of time travel. Right, right. And and they pretty, don't pretty, at all. Well, yeah, pretty early on too. I was just like, what is going to be like the the conflict right. of this? And it's like the true conflict is them just trying to get to the presentation on time. Yeah, that's really it. Because the whole I was just wondering, like, is George Carlin gonna find? Are we gonna find out that he's not a good dude? And there's gonna be like, oh wow, so you're—that's so funny. Your experience and expectation of this movie. Yeah, and then as it's going, and it's like, oh no, they just their their biggest obstacle is themselves. (laughs) They just have to pass a class. Yeah, that's it. And I love I love that kind of stuff because although the finding out there's a villain the whole time and stuff can be funny and there can be a funny showdown and stuff. That is kind of the easiest solution. Yeah. And so it's just refreshing when that doesn't happen. And and I just think comedies back in the 80s, 90s, 70s, th- they they were a little looser with Yeah. Like I think now there there's just this stress on like we really need a good plot. Yeah. And that's a good thing to strive for, but sometimes it's like I don't know, like you can you can go a little just crazy as long as it'll serve a joke because it is yeah. a comedy. Yeah, have fun with it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's what that's what I got. And oh, you already did actors, huh? Pretty much. Oh, great. What's your first experience with Keanu? My first experience or, or when, with when Keanu. When did you become aware of Keanu? I feel like I more became aware of him just as like he's an actor. Yeah, that's in stuff. And I remember uh, one of my old buddies, he he said he had a take on him back in like middle school. Okay. Where he was like, 
I love Keanu Reeves, but he has to be playing either someone emotionalist or a robot. Yeah. And if he's and not, I've heard it's that bad. Too, yeah. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that now. Yeah. But uh, I think at the time I was like, whoa, yeah, that's right. But I don't even know what the first Keanu Reeves movie I saw was. Yeah. For the longest time, I thought his name was Canoe. Um, <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I did. Um, and then I I don't like remember the first thing I saw him in. It it just he is a kind of celebrity where it just feels like once you're born you're aware of his existence. Like so yeah, many he's he's like mythical. Yeah, and but I I do remember seeing like the lake house with Sandra Bullock and him. Yeah, and that that is like a drama romance. I remember liking it, of like in high school, but then knowing like that's the Matrix guy. Yeah, and then when um trailers are coming out for John Wick. I was just like, I don't really care about action. Well, don't, don't get too much into John well, Wick. That's we'll all I'm going to say. It's just like, I'm action's just, it's all the same. Yeah. You know? And that's before I even got into Mission Impossible. That's when those trailers were coming out. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I think I've always thought, too, that he was just emotionless. Emotionless. But then when we watched Point Break a couple years ago, yeah. I was like, holy crap. This guy is incredible. Yeah, he's he's amazing. He's so good. I still think there are one of the worst performances I've seen in a movie is probably him in Dracula. We didn't finish it, though. We didn't, but he was awful, man. I kind of dug him. That's great. And I think that's the interesting thing about He's a bit him. of a litmus test. Or yeah. litmus test. What is that? Litmus test, you know? Like, uh, is that what I'm thinking of? Or like, a, no, I'm thinking Roy, Rorschach. He's like a oh, Rorschach What's test. the other thing you're saying? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, yeah, like that's how that's you see what the I ink see. blotter and you're like, hey, that looks like this. And I'm like, no, that looks like this. Yeah. So he's just a, he's a magical unicorn. He is. Yeah. And he, I think today and today in 2021, he is at his peak look. He's at his peak look. And I think he is, he is in a zone right now where he is not capable of doing any wrong to no. audience and no. film goers. Because when he makes an announcement, when, I mean, he was in the, like a video game. He did like some motion capture. People video game? lost their minds. Yeah. Um, you don't have to say. It. It's fine. I can't remember. It's it it's like the the Blade Runnery one that came out a couple years ago. Yeah, I'm not going to know. But yeah, that's crazy. Have, but yeah, and, and like they make a, another John Wick movie and people freak out. It gets like crazy. Critics are like, yeah, this is the best thing that's ever been made. Anytime a new one comes out yeah. and audiences are like, it's the best thing in the and, world. And then, you know, it's no secret that he's like a wonderful person in his personal <laughs> yeah, yeah. life. And is like, it's like, how can you not like a person who you can, you cannot hear bad things about him? I know it's crazy. He's just nice. Cause you, you, you know, I, I think like the, as far as like uh personality and just, just the promise of seeing Keanu in a movie you have like an expectation, and yeah. I, th I think the other actor currently working that that gives you that same feeling is Tom Cruise, but he has a lot of like asterisks next to his name. Yeah, and I choose to turn a blind eye to those because I just like him as an actor so much, and yeah. I think he's amazing. And people are allowed to change, but there's still issues, of course. But Keanu, it's like I don't know. Like we can all just agree that this guy rules. Yeah. Enough said. Well, here we are, folks. It's the Christmas season, and that means I'm putting on another Christmas show on my YouTube. 
much like I did last year. This year, it's December 11th, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time will be the premiere of Christmas at the Movies. Five of the songs are going to be available for everyone, and five of the songs are only going to be available to patrons of any tier. And we have some wonderful guests this year. We got Jacob and Sherea Summers, Brett Levick, Troy Thompson, Josiah Oliveira, Johnny Gerson, Evan Coons, Noah Cunningham, Aaron Fagan, Richard Bokish, Stephen Nance, Lauren Panter, Anna Marcoux, Reed Campbell, Chris Heisner, Jeremy Eden and his puppets. And also, of course, I'll be there. So mark your calendar, be there at the premiere December 11th 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Be there in the comments. Go to patreon.com slash M-I-C-A-H-M-C-C-A-W. Get the entire concert. It is, I'm, I can tell you right now, I'm still editing it, but it is unbelievably cool, and I think we topped last year. So get ready for Christmas at the Movies. So this movie starts with George Carlin kind of setting the stage and now that in light of knowing that you thought this was kind of dazed and confused i'm very curious what the heck you thought about the intro of this Do you movie remember exactly what's going on so george carlin like looks up at the screen i think he's wearing sunglasses takes them off and he says in the future uh, something to the effect of bowling scores are up mini golf <sighs> scores are down everything's better the world's at peace all of these things he figured saying. it out but it all won't happen without these two guys passing their history class. Well, he doesn't even say that. He's like, but if, if these two like fall apart or their band doesn't form or something like that, because you find out the, the history report a little bit later. But oh, okay. So, I mean, I'm just curious what you thought when that happened. <laughs> I just, you have to throw out every notion you have in that moment. <laughs> and that's and what let, you did. let the movie take you. And that's what I did. Okay. Pretty simple as that, really. Great. Um, so they mention that they're the two great ones, and then it goes to this very like Wayne's World esque moment. Yeah, where they're in the the garage, uh, practicing. Bill and Ted. They do not know how to play. They just purely want the rock star lifestyle, yeah. but they have no talent for it. Uh, they're not putting in the. They're putting in the dreaming, but not really the work. And it, it's Which is just, very funny. It's a great way to introduce them. I mean, this this whole bit at the beginning is, you know, one of them says, you know, Bill, why are we doing this? We, uh, Oh, well, we need to make a good video. But don't you think that if we have a good video, like... Well, we need Van Halen to make a good video. But we can't get Van Halen if we don't have a good video. And then, well, but shouldn't we learn how to play? <laughs> yeah. So it's like this funny circular reasoning. And right reasoning. off the bat... I am seeing Keanu act in a way I've never seen before in my life. Yeah. So never. wait, tell me about like what I'm I, just so curious. That, I mean, I'm blown away well, that I, you, I, you know, I've thought this was Daisy. Seen him mostly in the action stuff that he is most well known for, and then I've seen him in Point Break, and that is just a romance story for the ages. And he is definitely acting over the top in that movie, but that's what the movie calls for. And when I saw that movie, I was like, I've never seen Keanu act like this. Uh-huh. Um so it's just this up to 11 in yeah. this movie. I, I've never seen so many facial expressions go across this man's face. And he's very funny. Yeah, and maybe you didn't realize like how, ma- how much comedy chops he has. Yeah. Because he's, 
he's funny in this and movie. i gotta say down to the costumes like this whole movie is iconic looking yeah and i haven't even seen this movie but it's like this all makes sense even their hair they're just both perfect perfectly styled and then they're acting perfect too i love it i, I can't get enough i wish i'd have grown up with these movies me too because this is like like I, it wasn't i mean i feel like Whenever we have kids, we can show them this pretty early. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is like, and it's so funny. You know, at the beginning, them saying- Is this saying, really rated PG-13? Because they say the S word. Yeah, but I mean, this is the 80s, right? But is PG-13s. This like an, well, this was probably, was the rating even out yet? No, well, 89 it probably was. It definitely was. Because okay. uh, I remember uh, the, the temple, what is oh, it? The Temple of, temple Doom, of Doom is what- breaks the like the mpaa is like we need to learn what another year was that? thing um i'm you not sure look it up. well it's now i'm the, now i'm curious it's like the early 80s i believe so temple of doom is 1984 okay and that's is that the first pg-13 or just the one that makes them create the rating i well, thought it was one that made them create the rating i think it is because there are some uh, I think we've talked about like John Hughes movies that should have that were or I think might have had a PG rating, right? And it's like no, 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 that's that's PG thirteen. But I don't know if PG thirteen was created yet. Right, and I shouldn't right. even say necessarily John Hughes. I could be wrong about that. But like eighties movies like his. Yeah, that that one. I I remember what was it that you and I watched where we were like, this is like sixteen R. candles. It was basically like an R situation. Yeah, yeah. Temple of Doom is PG, so it's it's the one okay. that they created. I I can't remember which movie is the first PG thirteen. I don't know. It, it might be um, Red Dawn. I think. Okay. I think so. Anyway, fact check me on that. Um, another. Uh, so so Bill and Ted. One thing that I love about them that's throughout the whole thing is they're these really doofy, stupid people. But yet they sync up and they say things in, uh, uh, like at the exact same time often. Well, it's as if they're operating on a frequency that most people don't get to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's but so people who are not operating on that frequency just see it as their airheads. Yeah, and it's just like oh, they're just best friends. It's so cute. Uh huh. And there and it, there's a one one part where I think they hug at one point and they say the f word, but like it's just really funny that they're like yeah they're they're best like you gotta friends. look they, at it they, through the lens of yeah but what i'm trying to get to is yeah. they love each other so much but it's like it's still like 89 you know men can't hug yeah yeah and that, it is like oh this makes sense that their friendship has to continue like their friendship is destiny <laughs> yeah. is pretty much what the movie is saying yeah and and you know it plays on that whole idea you have as a kid when you have a best friend and you are going to conquer the world. Seriously, yeah. So they um, go to school and they're in history class and they're like we said, dumb. They don't know anything. Napoleon is just some French dude, that <laughs> some dead French dude. Yeah. And their history teacher tells them that if they don't get an A plus on this presentation, he's got to flunk them. He has no other choice. Yeah. And so um, they, they, they don't really know what they're going to do about it. It almost is like, I guess we're just going to have to flunk this class. And they get picked up by um, Bill's stepmom, 
who is actually a former classmate. Yeah, what what did you think of this bit? I thought it was very funny. It, it I think it's very funny. So, I mean, it's gross, of course, but but uh, that's why it's funny. It's right, self aware. Bill's dad like married someone who just graduated high school, and they said that she was a senior and they were a freshman. Yeah, I mean, totally gross, but yeah. um, it's just funny that he has to say. She's like, she he calls her whatever her name is, and she's like, mm, Bill. Yeah. Step mom. Yeah. Would you mind taking off that necklace? It is it's shooting me with light beams. Oh, okay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I should have worn sunglasses to this one. I guess. Um, so then they have the history class, the missy mom, um, and and then I think like right away. Well, well, you, so you see, um, Bill's dad is only cares about his hot new wife. Yeah. So he, Bill, he's not very. He doesn't really care about what's happened going on in Bill's life. Yeah. And then when Ted goes home, his dad is like this police detective guy, and is like, <laughs> right, right. if you fail, you are going to military school. We're basically we're packing your bags tonight because I know you're gonna fail. Yeah. And you are gonna you are not the kid that I raised you to be. You're a loser. And so they have to send George Carlin back because if that happens then they are not going to make it. Yeah. And be friends. Yeah. Um and save the world. And it's just it's such a funny idea too because like if you think about it, if you had a time machine and you could go back to the past. It's just funny that they're like, "Okay, Bill and Ted, here's this time machine. Do whatever you want. Just pass that history exam." I know, I know. And yeah, you'd you'd think like if you put it in the hands of those kinds of guys, they would just go like, let's go back to like yesterday and really freak ourselves out again. Yeah, you know, yeah. but like they they actually go to pe- to moments in history and they're having <laughs> such a fun time doing it. It reminds me a lot of and we mentioned this while we we're watching the movie, a regular show. Absolutely. Mordecai and Rigby. So it's like, okay, JG Quintel is like this has got to be one of his favorite movies of all time. Absolutely, yeah. Just because it, it's two dudes who get into the most craziest hijinks, but they have the most fun. They are constantly almost dying, but they have, they're have they just laughing the whole time. Well, and it's the kind of thing, like in regular show, the first episode of the show, one of my favorite episodes, uh-huh. is they find a synthesizer, and they play it, and they enjoy it. But Rigby, the little raccoon, he starts going like, you know, I, I do this with the synthesizer. I send it to the moon. I take a refrigerator and I send it to the moon. And he just keeps singing these songs and it winds up like sending all this stuff to the moon. And then the moon is going to crash on earth. <laughs> and there's like a moon monster and they have to go to the moon and fight this moon I monster. So much. <laughs> I know it's the best. And then they come back and it's, it's, it's the exact same kind of thing as this, where it's like, okay, these two people have to pass a history test. How do they do it? Well, obviously, they get a time machine. They travel through time. There's some hijinks where they all get lost they, at the they mall. They do what they're supposed to do. <laughs> like, they just do it. So, George Carlin shows up in a, fo- a phone booth to tell them this. Yeah. And then right behind him are Bill and Ted in a phone booth. With some other <laughs> right, characters right, right. you don't really see. And they come in and like, what's up, dude? Most excellent. We're really going to pass that history presentation. But now, can I do a quick pause? I'm sorry. Yeah. But one thing that's also funny is Alex Winters is very determined to pass this test. He yeah. doesn't want to shirk it off. He wants to just like, 
He wants to make this happen. So that's funny. And then they go to the Circle K. Did Alex you, Winters, you mean Bill? Yes, Bill. Okay. Uh, do you realize that they went to the Circle K to ask people history questions? Yeah. Because they're, they're go, there's like passerbyers walking by. Oh, that's right. They go to the Circle by. K, and then they're like, dude, we're getting nothing here. Let's go to the 7-Eleven over here. <laughs> and they're asking people history questions to try and learn. Yeah. That is their whole idea. Yeah. Well, Micah, there was no internet yet. <laughs> it's just so funny because they have books. I know. And We've they're using them. the book. I know. So then... So they're told, make yes. sure, Ted, to set your watch and then give the princesses my love and have fun, pretty well, much. And, and when they're trying to prove to them that they are, in fact, Bill and Ted from the future, they say, what number are we thinking of? Oh, I and they go 69 <laughs> and then that's when we get the iconic keanu reeves whoa yeah which if you don't know we'll talk about it again in matrix but in matrix they make a direct uh reference to this movie because when keanu discovers the matrix he goes you mean neo well, yeah when neo discovers it he goes whoa and i i think that there's a john wick-esque moment that he also says whoa okay I'm not sure about that. I'm sure I'll be hyper aware of it. Yeah. Because here's the other thing I love about both Keanu and Alex is even though these movies are, I think, well, I mean, I guess I've only seen Bill and Ted 1, but this is a great movie. I will go so far as to say it's great. I would go so far as to say it's a perfect movie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it rules. and But there's a lot of actors who would maybe once they got older pretend like this didn't happen or laugh it off as a joke. Mm -hmm. But as far as I can tell, these two guys have always deeply cherished this and loved and respected that they were a part of it. I mean, these two guys really, really wanted to make a sequel. Do you think Robert Pattinson will ever come back around on Twilight? Or is he too cool? That's a good example where, uh, I mean, those aren't great movies, but yeah, I don't know that Robert Pattinson will ever be like, you know what? I really liked that I was in those. Yeah. I mean, I guess I have seen an interview they're, they're where he... I mean, they're obviously very different than this type of movie. Those yeah. are angsty YA movies that are like, the sexual tension is palpable. Like, they're yeah. just awkward movies, but they're fun. I don't know if that's the best, like, correlation. I know, but that's just the first thing that pops in my head. Is yeah. You can look up interviews of them doing press and him just making fun of these movies when he's supposed to be promoting them. Yeah. Although very I, funny interview. Now that you mention it though, I do remember seeing something where he did say like he it's it's less of a oh yeah, I love those movies. Yeah. I'm glad I was a part of them and more of like I understand that I wouldn't have the career I have without those movies. Okay. Which is something. That makes sense. But I I just love that these guys have like wanted to make a third movie yeah. for decades and then they finally are able to and from what from all the reviews and stuff I saw, everyone just thought it was like a delightful movie. Great. So it's cool. These yeah. guys rule. Um, and so then they're gonna go back in time. So the yeah. first place they go is to Austria uh, in eighteen oh five, and that's so the when they are pick invading. up. Yeah. So they pick up Napoleon. Pick up Napoleon. They take him back home, and well, I think no, Napoleon accidentally comes back. Because yeah, he like trips into it or something like that. He trips into the time time hole warp thing, and it was so funny because he gets like caught in a tree, and then oh yeah, yeah, they're like, does. dude, this is what we should do. 
hop around these places (laughs) and then they leave napoleon bonaparte with uh ted's younger brother who if if keanu and alex were not in this movie he would get my mvp performance he's so good good and he's really funny he is it's it's funny i think that we are um incredibly lucky today in the in 2021 with the the amount of the the quality of child acting we have and i know we've talked about it a lot Mm -hmm. we're going through a wonderful period of incredible child actors yeah um but when you go back to 80s movies you get some of the worst child acting you could possibly get we um just watched children of the corn yeah which is an 80s movie and that has some of the worst child acting I've yeah. ever seen. The movie's very campy and very fun. I don't care about it. Although the guy who the the kid who plays the preacher is actually really good, and I think he's like twenty. So in that movie, yeah, I think. Well, he he's not he's not like twelve. He's like a teenager at least. Okay, the, if he's twenty, I'm seventy five. <laughs> I know. Well, you should look up his IMDb picture. IMDb picture actually, because he he kind of is like the Harold and Maude guy. Oh, where he yeah, never yeah. actually kind of grew up, you know? Okay, okay. And it looks kind of weird at a certain point. Well, keep on saying your thing while I look this up. What was I saying? You're talking about child actors. Oh, but so that, watching a, an 80s movie and having Ted's brother like have such a good actor in it, it just feels like a, a the cherry on top of this movie. You know what I yeah. mean? And it's, it's great. And I love whenever they would cut back to what's going on with ted's brother and napoleon Ooh, they're, <laughs> they're eating ice cream now oh they're bowling now and like napoleon like throws a fit like a baby which is kind of like the fun- funny trope about napoleon yeah, that yeah. you often see is he it's the the short man simplex or complex comp- simplex <laughs> complex thing but um when he's eating the ice cream it's so funny and those guys come up and they call him a pig and they give him a pin yeah he's like you're a ziggy you're or ziggy piggy, piggy ziggy piggy it's like the thing that that ice cream shop the most does degrading ice cream shop <laughs> i've ever seen I, there's something i i can't put my finger on it but the well first of all the guy from children of the corn was probably around 14 when they shot it okay so still older than you were thinking though right yeah but that that tracks 20 14 are you sure yeah okay i i did the math in my head yo okay. wait a second Wait a second. Wait a second. Actually, no, I did the math wrong. Hang on. Hang on. So he was born, this kid was born in 1959, and the movie came out in 1984. Oh, yeah, he was 14. So he was like 23 when they did it. Yeah. What? Who was right? You were right, and I'm sorry. Um. So, okay, this, this guy who plays Napoleon. Mm-hmm. And and the way they wrote Napoleon, I don't know what it is exactly. Maybe we can figure it out. But it's like, it doesn't feel like they're necessarily, they're not doing like the obvious jokes. Yeah. Really, mostly with any of them. There's a couple like, okay, that's a little more obvious. But it just seems kind of like, kind of like they tried to do the history report. Like, okay, let's take this crazy general and let's just see what would happen if we put ice cream in front of him. I think so. I think so. <laughs> I think that's like the magic of this well, movie. Well, I think I think there's nothing funnier than having transporting someone from 1805, the 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 biggest commander of the French <laughs> yeah, army yeah. to to current day 1989 
and he's just straight up bowling and he gets it yeah and he knows how to score it because he's doing the yeah score. he's like cheating at the score yeah he's like, getting mad he, he's just almost completely assimilated into american society in 1989 yeah that's like the joke which i i suppose there there is a, a commentary there of like a a society where like maybe you take it either way that like anyone and everyone can join into the society at any time and get it and have fun. Or maybe they're commenting if we're being a little more aggressive and saying like America doesn't really have that much unique about it because anyone gets it immediately. Yeah, potentially. There's two little fun tidbits to think about. It's also just funny that he's hanging out with kids. I, I know it, it's, it's, and it's like Ted's br- younger brother and these twin girls. <laughs> What's the story behind, behind that friendship? Well, I, I, I'm just trying to, like, th- there's something so endearing about it because I think if you made this movie today, or, or more like 15 years ago, pre, like, the, the takeover of Judd Apatow in comedies, I think that Napoleon, the whole time, th- they'd be doing some riffing on him being short. Uh-huh. Like, the entire time. Uh-huh. And that would have been every single joke. But this one, it's, n- like, it's not unique to Napoleon that he's eating ice cream. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to do something with Neapolitan ice cream, maybe. Me too. But even that, they're just like, no, it's just a French general eating ice cream and bowling. <laughs> and I just, and I gets, love and that. And then he gets ditched by Ted's younger brother because he was boring or, or annoying. Yeah, he says he was a dick. Yeah. He was being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's amazing. So they go back into the time machine and go to the wild wild west yeah in 1859 and they it's just so you know they're dressed in their modern day clothing and it's just another thing that's so funny about the movie is they have they are not shocked about like realizing (laughs) they're just like yeah this is something we can do now and it's like this can help us bro so i know know. they just walk into a saloon because they're thirsty they order beer because they realize it's 1859 and they're like, they're like, we didn't even get carded. <laughs> yeah. Most awesome. And they're just having beer. And then Billy, the kid rolls in Yeah, and he asks for two dudes and they're like, Hey, we need one of you guys. So let's make this work. And they're gambling, but he, Billy kid, the kid is cheating and a, a barroom brawl breaks out. Yeah. And then it leads them to run off. And then now they have Billy the Kid. And, I love how quick all this stuff it's is, It's so too. quick. That's why it keeps the movie clipping along. It's so fun. I love that even so in this ballroom or this uh, bar ball brawl. Ballroom blitz. Yeah. This bar brawl. The, the action's funny. And there's so many. It's just chaos. Um, Bill and Ted get their heads thrown, smashed through a wall. And they're all like the, the like prostitutes. Yeah, but it's funny. They're just—they're not even like scantily dressed. They're just girls. Yeah, and they're, they're kind of like, like, "Oh, hello," and they're like, Dude. "Most excellent." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they like stick their heads back in when they get pulled out. <laughs> it's just good. So, um, so yeah, then they, they go get to Billy Greece. the kid. Oh, they, sorry. They take Billy the kid with them. Yeah, and then they go to Greece, mm-hmm. uh, f- like 410 BC, and they meet Socrates. Yeah, as we all know and love. And another thing that blew my mind, and I had forgotten this, is that if the people who speak different languages do not speak or understand English. Yeah. And I just think that that's kind of wild. 
I, you I, mean like in that they kept that for the movie? Yeah, like I think any other movie at this time would have been like, oh, let's bring Napoleon back and he just has to have a French accent. Oh, yeah. Let's bring um, Socrates back and he just has like a Greek accent. Yeah. But they bring them back and, you know, they can't communicate with them if they can't speak the same language. So, right. um, and, and again, guys transported back in time in modern day clothing and no one's freaking out I know, about it. I know, I know. I love it. <laughs> And so while they're there, uh, Bill and Ted kind of make motions to Socrates. And at one point, Socrates says, the only true wisdom is knowing you know nothing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that is the thesis of this movie, mm -hmm. is that though these are the stupidest guys, they're actually the smartest because they know they don't know anything. And that is why they will bring peace to the universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they, Guys, it's clever. They basically tell Socrates through gestures and stuff that we're all dust in the wind. Isn't that yeah, a, they yeah, quote like a, a Kansas song? quote? They, yeah, that's a yeah, Kansas yeah. song, and it, which is the Bible too. But but they're quoting Kansas. Yeah, uh, definitely. And, um, they they get Socrates to go with them. Yeah, and then they go where? They go to England, uh, the 15th century, and they spy two girls in a window, and they simultaneously say. Those are historical babes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which. I love that. I mean, I if that. you don't find that funny, I'm not sure if comedy is a thing that you, you enjoy. Um, and then they, they have a big old fight. Well, they, they got to get with the babes. They got the, the, those must be the princesses. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to figure out how to get to them. They, they put on a uh, knight armor. To disguise themselves. And they play Star Wars they for play, a while. They play, Micah, that is one of the funniest jokes in this movie <laughs> to me, is that they are transported back to England to medieval times, and they're playing Star Wars. They're making the, light, the lightsaber way. noises with their mouths while they're yeah, they already have like swords. They could just be doing, like, Arthur. Yeah. But they're do oh my gosh, yeah, that's even... It's, it's just... It's an extra layer of <laughs> I loved it so much. So they're just not taking anything seriously and um ted rolls down some stairs and bill sees him get stabbed uh -huh. and killed and he thinks he's dead um but you find out really quickly ted's not dead he rolled out of his suit somehow yeah yeah <laughs> and that's one of those like certain comedies can really get away with just logic that doesn't really make sense uh -huh. and so i just love that like when they meet back up He's like, how did you get out of that, Ted? I thought you were dead. And he's like, well, I rolled out of my armor. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah, that's the explanation. Let's go find the babes. That's enough. Yeah. It's amazing. So they go find the princesses. And they're, they're engaged to be him, married. He sends him his love. Yes. Ted does. And then they're, they're arranged to be married to oafs. A bunch of, um, what is it? Ugly dudes, I think is what they keep calling them. Yeah. And they are run, run out of the castle. But before the that, king. the king is like, we're going to put them in Iron Maidens. Oh, yeah. And they go, all right, Iron Maiden. <laughs> I love them so much. So they're about to get their heads cut off. But they're saved by Billy the Kid and So Crates. <laughs> yeah. Because, and so they all run out. Yep. And they don't take anyone with them for this, right? They just get, get out with the, the skin of their teeth. Yeah, they do. Um, by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, and is this right? sure? Okay, everybody's got skin on their teeth. Um, yeah. So is this when they get like? Oh no, that no, that's later. Well, then they kind of go it. on a montage. 
Well, first they go, they make it to the chamber in 2088. <sighs> okay, yeah. And they go there. This is the part that I was laughing out loud because Bill and Ted walk out and they're in the future where everyone knows that they are the, oh, what is it again? The two great ones. Uh-huh. And they walk out and then all of these all of these people from the future walk around them and the music is swelling this like rock opera anthem sound is happening and all the people are air guitaring <laughs> and I, it is so funny yeah. i was laughing so hard at this part and the the guy the people sitting on the thrones were like it's you yeah and then and then you know they do the whole air guitar thing and then like sorry guys got to go everyone's like oh and then they say like uh be excellent to each other <laughs> always. I think that's, is, is it be yeah, excellent to yeah. each other always? Yeah. And then they go away. And then they go back on their quest. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so then um, Napoleon's eating ice cream. We talked about that. They go to Vienna. And I think this is when things are broken. Like their time machine it's starts like getting breaking broken. as they're doing this. So they pick up Sigmund Freud. Yeah. They pick up Beethoven. Beethoven. Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc. Um, uh, I it it's spelled corrected, but it's Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. It it spelled corrected to Gus Cam. They go get Gus Cam, <laughs> and then they get Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln. And then the the machine sends them one million years BC. Right. And that's their when their antenna is broken. Their antenna is broken, and okay. You know, we're not going to consider this up there with some of the great one-shot, long shots in history, but... Maybe the grossest. Maybe the grossest, and when the shot was over, I realized, oh, that that, that was not faked. Yeah. So it, the, the camera just goes down a line of all the historical people who are all chewing gum. Which is a marvel in itself. Because <laughs> what's gum to them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're all chewing gum, and then they're putting it in a ball uh-huh and, and passing it down passing it down and keanu like puts it up to his mouth or something he does it in a way that's like ooh, that's extra uh-huh. gross. and then they hand it to uh, bill. bill and he's able to put it on the antenna but it is one shot and it's yeah. like everyone was chewing gum and grabbed oh. each other's gum and oh. put it all together that's so gross <laughs> i mean they certainly didn't film that last year in 2020 no um and then they come back to the Circle K. Yeah. And they have the conversation, but it's the reverse because they're from the future. And then when they get in the phone booth, te- Bill says... Well, yeah, they're like, we have loads of time left. And it's like, no, you only have two hours, is what George Carlin says. And Ted goes, oh, I never set my watch. I better remind myself. <laughs> and then as they're getting in the telephone booth, it's getting ready to go away. Bill says... That conversation made more sense that time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get home, and much like anyone, they have to do their chores. <laughs> so there's a montage of them with the historical giants of our times in human history helping them do chores. And Beethoven loves it. He yeah, loves he's, cleaning he's that window. He's into the Windex, yeah. Uh, Genghis Khan is trying to drink the toilet water, then bathing in the toilet water. Right. So he, he has shown what how to clean a toilet. And um uh yeah, the rest of them are vacuuming, dusting, all the fun stuff. Yeah. And then they go to the mall. Yeah, because they're trying to track down Napoleon. Yes. 
And oh, they, yeah, because they go to that's when they go to Ted's younger brother, and he's like, oh, "We ditched him. He was being a dick." <laughs> so they're trying to find him. Trying to find him. So then uh, they're at the mall, and everyone spreads out and and does their own thing at the mall. Yes. So Beethoven goes to a music store and starts rocking out on keyboards. Yes. It's so funny. The the guy is like, you can try this. And he touches that button that like pre-plays the music. Uh-huh. And Beethoven's just like. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Abraham Lincoln is getting an old timey photo <laughs> taken yeah, yeah, of himself. Yeah. And the guy is like, okay, give me the hat back. And he's like, this is my hat. I'm Abraham Lincoln. He's like, yeah, whatever. Give me the hat back. And he like rats to run away with his hat. And I mean, I, I hate to steal other people's podcasts, but it looks like we just did an episode of great bits because that is a great <laughs> bit right there. Um, Joan of Arc joins a, Are, eucalypt, uh, a eucalyptic. That's a plant. Eucalyptus. Uh, yeah. Uh, an aerobics class. Aerobics. Not, so not the plant that koala bears eat. No. Okay. She does. She's, she takes over an aerobics class and I love it. Yeah, I just that part I love. I love yeah. this whole part. Yeah. I love this whole movie. And um, uh, Genghis Khan is goes to a sports store. Havoc. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think Billy the Kid and Socrates are like hitting on some girls or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh and then Sigmund, Sigmund Freud, Freud with the corn up. dog. Yeah, he shows up with a corn dog to talk to some girls, and he's holding it straight up. And then and then they're striking out. They're striking out, and the corn dog he he kind of lets it drop low. It's sagging. Yeah. And you know, think of Sigmund Freud. Yeah. You do the rest. <laughs> um. And I did write down exactly what they said to the brother. Okay. It's funnier having the full line. Uh, Bill says, "Do you realize you stranded one of the world's greatest leaders?" And he says, "He was a dick." <laughs> <laughs> um. So then. Napoleon goes to the water park, Waterloop. Yep. Thinking oh, it's yeah. Waterloo, the, the famous battle where mm-hmm. he is defeated. Mm-hmm. Um, and he... He has a grand old time. A great time at the water park. Now, see, it's like that one, okay, it is a joke about Napoleon. But the fact that Napoleon would enjoy the water slides and have fun, it's like, what is the joke there it's besides like it's just kind of funny? Yeah. <laughs> It's so funny. And then later in the movie, he like when they're at the presentation, he talked. Did you, did you notice he's talking about the battle plans like they're water slides, yeah. like formations of yeah. water slides? And then he's get, and and I think Bill says, uh, "I don't think that's gonna work." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they get everyone, but no, no, no. So they find Napoleon, but everyone else got arrested. Yeah. And they so now they have to go to, to, go to the sheriff's station. station. And we sort of talked about this, but this is when they're like sneaking in. And then they're telling themselves, okay, we we just have to time travel after our presentation and put all this stuff in the sheriff's off. Like And by by simply thinking about it, it appears. and talking about yeah. it, it happens. <laughs> yeah. I I keep saying I love that. <laughs> it's, you I'm should. A it's record. awesome. It's so funny. And it's just so funny because again, these are it's go back to what Socrates said. It's like the only true wisdom is knowing you know nothing. So these guys who are very stupid. We're thinking they're going to get caught in a paradox or something, but they just figure it out and and navigate time travel easily. Mm-hmm. And they're able to go, oh, let's just, I guess I did take his keys. Maybe they're right here. And then like he puts the recorder of, uh-huh. of himself, Ted, going, hey, dad, hey, dad, distracting him. Uh-huh. 
And then they, they go into another room and there's there's a, a typed or there's a oh, fax there's a that fax comes fax in from, from them themselves. that says, you know, do this, do that. Oh, and don't forget to duck. And then they duck right then and someone gets up and walks. Uh-huh. And then they break out. They break everyone all the out. historical figures. And the, it keeps cutting to the presentation at school and the, the teacher keeps looking down at the list and seeing yeah. Bill and Ted are not there. They're going to fail. And the presentations are over and he's like, well, guys, thanks all for being here. Even not everyone was here to present. And yeah. then the lights go down. And when the, <laughs> know, when the lights went down, I legitimately legitimately got so excited. And I'm yeah. like, they're doing a big thing. Yeah. This is just what the doctor ordered. And it's like heavy rock music. There's like smoke on there, stage. Smoke. I mean, it's a complete light show. <laughs> and they come out and it's like, from San Dimas High, it's Bill whatever his name is. and Bill Ted. S. Preston Esquire. Yeah. And Ted. Theodore. Something, something, yeah. something. And they go through, and I, I think that they say later the, the presentation is seven minutes. Because oh, it is? Abraham Lincoln says, four score and seven minutes ago. Oh. So they did but, all of that in seven minutes? Which is hilarious, because when you're watching it, it seems like this had to have been an hour long. People are eating ice cream at one point, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of that great scene in Community. Um, I, in the first season, I think it's the second episode where um, Jeff has to do a Spanish presentation with Pierce, with Pierce, and they do this presentation. And it looks so long, and and it looks so long. And I think Chang, the the teacher, even says something like, "We've been here for an hour and a half," <laughs> and and it it's this montage, and there's like this music playing over it. It's so funny, and they get an F, be- mm. or they get like a D minus. No, they get an F. It's so funny. Yeah, and it it reminded me of that situation. Yeah. So there, there. It's just like you know him, you love him. It's the bit, the greatest philosopher of yeah of history. It's Socrates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they they present everyone and they let everyone showcase their skills. Joan of Arc, she's she's sparring with Bill, um, and then uh, Socrates he does some gestures and they translate what he's saying, which is we already kind of talked about that. And then, like I said earlier, Freud analyzes Ted. One right. of the highlights of right. the many highlights of this movie. Yeah. And then one of the funniest things of this whole scene is, you know, it seems like everyone's presented. And then it's like almost like you guys have been waiting for him the whole time. He's one of the best presidents that we've ever had. We introduced to you Abraham Lincoln. And it's like the biggest applause yeah. that he gets because it's also it, hilarious that the students are into this. It, uh, that's hilarious too. But it's the Abraham Lincoln thing being so huge is so funny to me because they, they mention actually a lot in this movie, I think, about Disneyland and Disney World, right? I think one time they say like, like the of Hall of Presidents. They mention the Hall of so Presidents. So it just makes me this just makes me think like is everyone just so amped because they've been to Disneyland and they've probably, seen the probably. Abraham Lincoln exhibit and it's just like, "Oh yeah, he's so great." And and I like to imagine that everyone in that auditorium, including the 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 teachers and the parents by the end of it are like, "Oh, they did get the real people. That's pretty cool." <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah and then of course they they have uh stayed in school ted did not have to go to military school so they can still not get an a plus yeah they can still form their band wild stallions and save the universe so they're everyone goes goes back home they're back in the garage practicing and they are like it's time for us to learn how to play 
and Rufus shows up and he knows a few licks or two. Yeah. And he brings the babes, the historical babes. Yeah, who apparently the four of them are all are wild stallions. Apparently, yeah. But then they start playing and it sounds horrible and he's like, Trust me, guys. He like looks at the camera, yeah. he's like, Trust me, they get a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the movie. Yeah. I mean, it, it is it. it's so endearing. It it's truly like a fun romp. Uh-huh. I love it. Me too. And I mean, people say the second one is better. That's awesome. I can't wait. Which is kind of nuts. I know. I I don't know. I kind of don't know how it could be. I know. This does feel like a lightning in a bottle situation. Mm -hmm. But um, we'll find out. I even saw it because I was looking on Letterboxd and I was looking at the people I follow. And I think there were at least two people who said something to the effect of like, well, it's definitely not as good as Bogus Journey, but Excellent Adventure is still pretty good. They said that about this movie? They're that saying it's like not as good as Bogus yeah, and I'm like really wow. So I mean, we may really prove ourselves right, and sequels are never better than the originals. Wow. So you love to see it. I, I, I we did it. Uh huh. We've started this epic journey on uh, Keanu Reeves. And welcome. Yeah, welcome. Let us know. I mean, welcome to the jungle of Keanu Reeves. And and feel free to go to uh, Facebook and join our the Macabre Podcast Universe Pandemonium page, and let's talk about Keanu this month. What was your first experience with him? What do you think about him? Good, bad? He's got a little bit of a Nicolas Cage thing going on. Sure. That I'm just now realizing. But he is. But not. He's much, not no, nearly as unhinged. What I mean about it, though, he is much more favorably looked upon than Nicolas Cage. But part of that is, as we said previously, Keanu seems to be perfect in the yeah. public's eye. Nicolas Cage. Oof. He's like the bizarro guy. Keanu. Whoa. But even that, I don't know that I'm comfortable putting them in the same category. No, but I just like, I'm just not realizing For, though that. It makes me uncomfortable. That uh, throughout my relationship with both of them, uh-huh. uh, there have been very high highs and very low lows for me. Sure. And that's all it. Yeah. That's all it. I was trying to check our calendar here. Uh, yeah, we're we're in November. So Scooby-Doo episode on Patreon is out now. Cool. And last week we talked about Eternals. Wow. So go to Patreon.com. I thought. I bet we liked it. Hmm. Patreon.com slash Micah McCaw. Link is in the bio. I mean, the description of this episode. We're Please. making an Instagram post. What? Oh, <laughs> please sign up. Um, yeah. If we get to 50 patrons, not if, when we get to 50, and we're more than halfway there, uh, we're going to launch another Patreon-exclusive podcast. So we'll have two Patreon-exclusives a month, and it'll be where we cover the rest of the Pixar movies that we haven't covered either on our main feed or on our other podcast on Patreon. So mm-hmm. sign up. Let's get to 50 and next month is the Christmas show. Yeah. Um, so you're going to want to watch that, and patrons get to watch the full show. Non-patrons only get to watch half the show. I would sure love to watch the whole thing. And and it is it is Christmas at the movies this year. Whoa. So uh, we're doing Christmas songs from movies. So if you remember the Christmas show last year, it's going to be like that, but they're all Christmas-themed. I mean, movie-themed. Movie themed. Or, or TV specials. 
Um, Great. What's, so, Christmas, what's Christmas if not for a TV special? Exactly. You might hear some Rudolph. You might hear Frosty. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Might hear an original song about the Elf movie. Who knows? So check that out. Thanks for listening. Next week, it is Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Can't wait. Bye. Bye. Thank you.